to Movie Film Studios. I'm Isaac. And I'm AJ. And this is a podcast where we unravel and re-ravel the best that Hollywood has to offer. Mm-hmm. I've done that introduction the last couple of weeks, the unraveling and re-raveling. We've done a lot of unraveling. A lot of unraveling. Not so much re-raveling. The no. idea is that we deconstruct films and then sort of piece them back together in our mm. in our own image. Mm. But some things you can't piece back together. No. It's, it's like when you drop a glass. Right, like no one's piecing that back together. No, it it's, it's swept up, out. it's put in the bin, and yep. you get or, another glass from the cupboard. Or it's converted to sand, like that's, the mummy. That's true. Um, so I suppose we'll start off. Uh, this week we're doing a bit of a retrospective. Mm. Uh, it is a movie film studio retrospective. We've gone back to 1985. That's right, a film uh, I'm very, very shocked to say that neither of us had seen before. Uh, we watched The, the Goonies. Goonies. Um, yeah, crazy. We've never seen it. But despite being children of the 80s and seeing many of the films that came out in that period, we somehow both missed I this think one. it's just, just a couple of years before our time. Like, I'm an 86 child. I'm an 88, but... Yeah. Uh, and I've, so, like, it's it's of that era. But if if we'd been if it had come out four or five years later, or we'd been born four or five years earlier, oh, yeah. it's, it's possible that you know we would have caught that that film. Now, the the issue is now that we're uh, older, and mm. it, it's obviously not targeted towards us. But obviously, if you approach it from the mindset of it being a, a film for kids, then um, then you know that's that's where that sits into the uh, the moviescape. Yeah, yeah. Um, when did I'm trying to think back now. So the films that I grew up with, I mean, a, a fair few of them did come out of the 80s. Now, when did Gremlins come out? Was that a, a post-80s? Was that a 90s film? I think they reference it in The Goonies, so I'm going to say before uh, then. Be before so, then, then yeah, yeah, like around 82, somewhere around there, I'd say. Because that film terrified me as a kid. Um, and I almost feel that parts of The Goonies would have had the same effect on me had I watched it when I was four or five when I watched The Gremlin. What were my parents thinking? It is distinctly possible. Now, before we get into the the feature film this week, at mm. always at the start of the film, we're going to watch the trailers. So this week in trailers, what did we watch this week, AJ? Uh, we watched two trailers. The first one uh, starring Jackie Chan and Pierce Brosnan. It is called The, the Foreigner, Foreigner uh, which is a, a high-octane action thriller. So, so the basic synopsis is Jackie Chan's daughter is killed in a bombing in London. Yes. The bombing is perpetrated by, I imagine, some sort of Irish uh, radical nationalist group. Yep. Jackie Chan wants to know the names of the terrorists who killed his daughter, mm. and Pierce Brosnan, who plays a diplomat or a politician, refuses to give it to him. As it transpires, Pierce, uh, Jackie Chan is uh, some sort of special ops trained guy yeah. who um, wants to... You know, wants the names so he can seek vengeance. Mm. It's not getting cooperation from the government, so he yeah. is essentially tries to pressure them into it. They retaliate. Lots of action ensues. It's implied that there's some kind of conspiracy as well that uh, Brosnan knows knows something who, who the bombers are or, or some extra information that they're not letting uh, Jackie Chan in on. Um, and it's a it's a it's a heartwarming tale of. <laughs> of a, f- a fatherly devotion to a now deceased so daughter. It reminds me, and I'd never, I don't think I actually ever watched the film, but there's a Arnold Schwarzenegger film from 10, 15 years ago called mm. Collateral Damage, oh, which yeah. is Arnold Schwarzenegger's family gets blown up in an explosion, a terrorist explosion. Okay. His, his family are the collateral damage, yeah. and then he goes off and seeks vengeance like on one, the people uh, okay. who killed the family. A one man army kind of, exactly. kind of thing. Exactly. So who plays Pierce Brosnan in that film? 
I, I'm not sure there is a Pierce Brosnan. I'm not sure they're doing because this, this one has that sort of diplomatic, political um, yeah. aspect to it. I think that one is just like get Arnie some guns; he's going <laughs> to kill some people. So. Well, I mean, this one kind of does the same thing with Jackie Chan, though. But I mean, with Jackie Chan, it's just give him something, give him yeah. an object, he's, some kind, exactly any object. His hands will do. They yeah. say that like we're sending the best against this old man, and they <laughs> they're still coming up short. I love at the end of Jackie Chan films how they have the um the credit sequence of him injuring himself yeah. doing his own yeah. stuff. Yeah. And I just imagine those post-credit sequences are just going to get longer and longer the older he gets, <laughs> just because there's uh, so many more hips to break and bones to... It's kind of sad to think about it, isn't it? Like, yeah, that's right. Jackie Chan is getting older and he might not be able to do this stuff uh, for much longer. Um, but I mean, look, I, I'm not, I've never been a huge fan of the films that he's done uh, for an American audience or yes, with a, yeah. an American crew i don't know if this is an american film to be to be fair it's set in london it's got i mean pierce brosnan playing an irishman for the first time actually yeah and it's directed by martin campbell who did uh golden eye and casino royale and green lantern um <laughs> so uh, you know it could be it could be good yeah i don't know it could I mean, be the green lantern though <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah it, it's nice to see jackie chan still out and about but it yeah, doesn't do really, thing. it doesn't hold a candle to his hong kong films um, those films are amazing and they I can't see this being that like that no but I mean still you know it is nice to see Jackie Chan even though he has age still doing his thing yeah. climbing up walls leaping oh, out the great scene the, the my favourite scene in that trailer was he's in a house somewhere uh, and there's four baddies in there and he opens up a suitcase and somehow then he has a gun and then he goes around a corner and he's hiding from them uh, as they're shooting at him. And then one of the crooks comes around the corner and just blasts the corner and he's not there. But he's like perched he's above perched him like Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. It's, I want to see Jackie Chan as Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> can they do like, a, a you know, Logan is like old uh, Wolverine. Yeah. Can they do old Spider-Man and have Jackie Chan come in I as watch old that. Spider-Man? I don't care about continuity. I don't care. Like, yeah. Uh, Spider-Man's meant to be some like Brooklyn kid I don't give a shit like I want to see <laughs> just him, him firing his webs and they only go like two feet and they splutter out it's like there's no impetus behind it he's, he's, yeah uh, I would love to see that and then it'd be like because it'd be so comical as well like Jackie Chan's fantastic at comedy and to see him like fall off buildings and like just uh, just missed like clinging onto a building as well like he's going for a big swing and then just misses and collapse oh it'd be great I would watch that. Oh, I just, I'm not sure Jackie Chan could survive the filming of that. <laughs> he, he would absolutely <laughs> insist he d- does his, all his yeah, own stunts he will, and he'll, yeah, uh, he'll yeah. come up a little bit short. Oh, well, yeah. Anyway, uh, the second trailer that we watched um, is uh, from the producers of Passengers, Passengers. and Transformers. I, I love, I love the every every trailer we watch now. We're gonna have to just highlight the the <laughs> most the most mediocre role <laughs> they've had in a previous film. Yeah. So from the executive producers of yeah. Passengers, yeah. so like, I mean, no one, no sure. one really cares. Okay, it was sure. A, I mean, but at least Passengers was an original. Yeah, film. I mean, it's but the the reason they do that is to show pedigree, right? To yeah. show these are the people who were involved in this. And mm. It's just like, well, it's a very mediocre role if you said it was yeah. from the director or writer then yeah they actually have enough creative input yeah. to, to um to create something that's similar enough but mm. like if it's an executive producer of a, of a film i'm really yeah. not sure but not even like and just following it up with the producer of transformers like at least 
we did. Uh, when was Geostorm? Was that last week? It's been. It's been, it's been a while. <laughs> uh, Geostorm is from the producers of Independence Day, a film that is, while very cheesy, very well loved by a lot of people. No one loves Transformers. <laughs> like no one's like. It did oh, say, it, look. It did say Transformers, which implies the first film, which oh, I still the, think the animation. Had, no, 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 not no, okay. the not the 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 first Michael Bay film. Okay, yeah. Which I still think has some merit as a film. Yeah, it doesn't. And and <laughs> it probably should have said from the producers of Transformers, but not Transformers <laughs> two, three, four, or five. Uh, and we're like, okay, so we're going to get some of the that original Transformers <laughs> action in there. Yeah. Um. So the film itself is it's called Replicas. Replicas, uh, and it stars. Keanu Reeves, um, who's playing a scientist of some kind, uh, and he's involved in uh, human cloning. Yes, I, I think is the sort of general gist of it. Um, uh, what ends up happening is Keanu Reeves gets into a car accident with his family. Uh, his entire family dies, uh, and he then decides to clone them. All. There seems to be a lot more robotics in here than just cloning. Like, there's there's some, you know, if, yeah. if it's been a certain amount of time since the death, they can maybe grab their memories and implant uh, yeah, them into a replica of that person. Again, if we're going back to comparing these to Arnold Schwarzenegger films, there was a film uh, <laughs> called The Sixth, the Sixth Day, Day yeah. yeah, which was uh, same sort of thing. If you died recently, you could take out the memories and implant them into like a, a batch prepared clone. <laughs> and um, the, the gimmick of that film or the twist of that film was that the Arnold Schwarzenegger protagonist that you'd been following around that time was actually a clone of uh, the original Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah. who hadn't been in the film that much until that point. That's so, right. Doesn't, um, doesn't the sixth day i've got to get a bit blue here in terms of language but doesn't the sixth day have the line take two steps back and literally go fuck yourself when he's talking to one of the other clones i have no idea it's, it's a good line it's such a great line and i don't think it's gonna be in this film no but i, I kind of feel as though the the they're angling almost for the same twist where Keanu Reeves also died in the car crash and he's also been a replica robot like clone that, the whole yeah. time so they're going for a sort of um i guess it's kind of like an irobot yeah, uh, style film where the replicas become more self-aware than they actually are. So they yeah. sort of realise that they're, um, even though they have memories of the humans that donated their minds to them, they're also aware of the fact that they are replicas and there are they are androids and they run amok and, and do all sorts something of stuff. something goes wrong they get angry um, they get angry yeah keanu reeves wears a headset like he does in johnny mnemonic they do um, some very minority report uh holographic screens like, waving your arms around to change the drop down menus it's like budget minority report though because he's wearing this weird halo uh device around his head that looks like it's come directly out of a video game console from the 80s um and it's just you know how when you first watch Minority Report and, and Tom Cruise puts on those weird gloves and he's doing all those sort of weird actions and you're like, yeah, that's kind of cool and I really want that. But no one looks at Keanu Reeves in this <laughs> film and goes, yeah, I'd really love to wear that headband and like have blue things flashing in front of my face all the, um, in front of my face all the time. Um, it looks crazy. Uh, my favourite line in the trailer was... Um, uh, what was it? It's something about... Something uh, horrible has gone wrong. Yeah, what if something horrible goes wrong? That's a literal line in the film. Yeah. Um, and it's like, well, what does 
does horrible things go right sometimes? Is that something horrible has gone completely right? It just, I mean, it, it was a car hit. crash. It flipped over, yeah. and the way that it hit the tree, it bent it into the shape of a Porsche. I was, I was just driving a Toyota, and something horribly went right. Yeah, I, that's. I just. Yeah, it's got. Look, the film's got uh, Alice Green and uh, Thomas Middleditch in mm. um, from Silicon Valley in a non-comedic role. Yep. Which uh, we'll see how that goes. Is it non-comedic though? I, I he'll probably add his little quips in in there, yeah. but I can't imagine that it, he's supposed to be a bit of a, a bumbling nerd like he is in most of the other things so he that he plays. Be, he won't be levity bot. No, I mean, if, if it was Jake Johnson, we'd go, yes, Levity Bot has cast Jake Johnson in another film. And as we implied, Levity Bot is Jake Johnson. Yeah. Or maybe maybe this is, maybe it is Levity Bot's work. Maybe this is Levity play. Bot 2.0. Like, yeah. This is the upgrade now. So it's, it's we, I mean, yeah, Levity Bot 1.0 was fired once it was revealed <laughs> that he was Jake Johnson. And so now, now he's got like three have, different names in his system. Have we ruined Jake Johnson's career? Well, I haven't seen him in anything since The I Mummy. So This is true. Maybe he's not doing anything. Oh dear. Anyway, he can always be Oscar Isaac stunt double. Um, uh, now, one of our recurring uh, segments as well, we have to go back for trailer watch, is Jumanji Watch. Yes. Uh, so, so, Isaac. Any news in the Jumanji verse? Let me check. No. Not this week. Not this uh, week. December 20th, I believe, is the yep. uh, US release, and I think 26th here in um, Australia. So. Yep. Uh, we may get another trailer before now and then. I Who knows? Will. There was an article that we were skimming through, which was yeah. an interview with the director and Karen, Karen Gillan, but that seemed like too much actual work to get it, updates on Jumanji. So. Uh, let's, uh, there, yeah, there's some Jumanji. We pulled some Jumanji news from there. Uh, it was filmed in Hawaii. Yeah. Karen likes the original. The director di- directed it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't even know what he's done. Jake Kazdan is the director. I have no idea what else he's done. Probably nothing. Probably some. Actually, I shouldn't say that. He's probably done something like super worthwhile. And if only there was some sort of online database of internet movies. Yeah, but there isn't. So too bad. Uh, (laughs) Let's move on. All right. So we'll get into our feature this week, which, as we uh, mentioned at the top of the show, is the Goonies. It is. Um, just before we go on, what did you think? Um, I liked it. Mm. It is by far like it is. Much better than the films we've watched in the previous weeks. It is oh, yeah. is by no means a perfect film. Nope. There are really weird tonal shifts. Mm. There's um, editing and cuts of like shots that are being cut that just don't work. They're yep. very clunky. The dialogue is feels somewhat improvised in a lot of places. Yep. The acting from the kids is inconsistent. There's um, just really weird plot moments and plot turns that you go, that's just stupid or wouldn't work. Mm. Uh, but despite its flaws, is just a fun adventure ride. Um, And there are a lot of flaws. Yes, exactly. So, But, I mean, it's the same thing with films from previous weeks. A lot of flaws, but you can't overlook them because the characters aren't there. It's not fun. It's not interesting. Where they're getting their humour from just falls flat. In this one, a lot of flaws, but good characters, mm. um, reasonably good story, and you're willing to sort of overlook those flaws for the sake of the, the movie in its greater context. Yeah. So I brought up a thing uh, during our last podcast about Ghostbusters in that um, if you assume that Ghostbusters is a story being told by 10-year-old girls, it actually works much better. Um, the Goonies is that film. It is. right. It, it's like... A bunch of kids retelling a story about this adventure they had and all the like madcap crazy editing and uh, stuff that happens and how 
ridiculous the villains are and all the stuff that they go through makes complete sense when it's a bunch of kids telling the story. Because it is contextualized from the viewpoint of children. Yeah. And it's more fun that way. Um, <clears throat> so, I mean, again, we can try that segment that we've been working on, which did work a little bit last week <laughs> and not so much the week before, which is an attempt to recap the plot of the film for those who haven't seen it yep. in two minutes or less. Yep. Uh, it took a little bit longer than two minutes last time, so I will give you an extra 10 seconds. <laughs> so you have two minutes and 10 seconds to quickly skim through the basic plot of okay. the film. Yep. Um, and your time starts now. Uh, so a plucky group of kids who call themselves the Goonies uh, live in close proximity to each other in somewhere in Oregon and uh, their houses are about to be foreclosed by a ruthless property developer. Uh, so these kids who have all shared previous adventures and stories and, and good times together decide to go on one last adventure. Uh, they find a, a map to a pirate's treasure uh, in the attic of one of their houses and decide to go find that treasure. Along the way, they clash with a group of criminals who have escaped from jail, uh, and it's a bit of a race towards uh, to find the treasure before the criminals do. Then they find the treasure. And then the house isn't foreclosed. How's that? That, that is 55 seconds worth of <laughs> plot synopsis. That's great. Um, so it does actually start the film with that uh, escape from prison from mm. the, the criminals. And the criminals at the beginning of the film are very... Um, it's very dark. Like the, the Again, I've only sort of caught snippets of what this film is about. And I mm. thought lighthearted pirate gold adventure. Mm. The first 25, 30 minutes of the film... The criminals are kidnapping and murdering people, disposing of bodies. Yeah. Uh, they have they have one guy in a fridge, one guy in the back of a car. It is it is dark. They are legitimate criminals who yeah, are trying it's... to who are who are killing people who stumble upon their counterfeiting yeah. operation. Yeah, but they're also like bumbling criminals as well. That sort of that they t- takes a turn um, after that when they're they're chasing the kids through these subterranean caves which have been booby trapped. Mm. The, the criminals go from being bumbling from being legitimate murdering um uh psychopaths mm. to being bumbling fools who are outsmarted by a rope and some springs <laughs> or what, whatever rube goldberg <laughs> trap they've uh, they've set up for them yeah um but it's yeah so the criminals uh so it's robert i don't even have a nickname for this guy but it's robert darvey who was in license to kill the um 1980 something timothy dalton bond film yeah and it's uh, Joe Pantiglioni for the <laughs> cipher from the Matrix. Yeah, uh, and yeah. a woman, and a, An yeah, a woman. cranky old Italian woman who yeah. fake slaps people four or five times with really? the worst possible really? on-screen <laughs> fake slap I've ever seen. <laughs> it's funny too because all the other actors have to react as if they've realistically been slapped. So you've got this sort of wild swing in the air with no contact whatsoever. And then all the actors reacting very realistically to this slap. Um, And then you've also got uh, an ensemble cast of... The Goonies themselves. Great kids from the 80s, yeah. And this is one of those uh, things where you're watching the film and you're like, oh, you went on to do this or you went on and starred in this. It is is an ensemble cast of, I think, 80% of them have had uh, reasonably good film careers um, post... Post Goonies, so yeah. well, first of all, we have uh, Sean Astin, Sean who's Astin, yep. uh, who plays the 
we would say the main character or the the impetus, the driving force he's, behind. He kind of feels like the leader of the group, but he's a leader with a, a kind of soft spot. Very yeah. sympathetic. Well, I think he's the focal point of the goon because everyone else seems yeah. to relate to him in yeah. some way. Uh, uh, so he, Sean Austin, who um, was in Lord of the Rings as Samwise. Yes. Uh, we have his older brother. Uh, yes. Played by Josh Brolin, Josh Brolin yeah. uh, of No Country for Old Men. And uh, Men in Black 3. Oh, yes, of course. He, he plays a young Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> so I'd, I'd hate to see... He, he's a young version of Tommy Lee Jones. What's a young version of him? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's played by him in <laughs> 85. That's exactly what played they did. Played by Tommy Lee Jones, honestly. Um, you have uh, Short Round from Temple of Doom. Yes, who has, who has a name, an actor's name. I'm sure he does. Gone. He plays Data in this film, who is some, some, somewhere in between a uh, a Bond car and yep. an Inspector Gadget. An He's just yeah. like, he'll pull a tab and oil will shoot out the back of his shoes, yeah. or there's a spring that shoots a boxing glove from yep. his chest to knock people out. Uh, so. We had uh, Corey Feldman. Corey Feldman <clears throat> is in there, yes. Playing uh, the kind of smart-ass, mouthy... Um, Kid, wisecracking, wisecracking kid, kid uh, who was also in Stand by Me, playing a very not a uh, kind of a similar character. I want to say he was in Lost Boys, but I don't actually know. But he's that kind of child actor of the eighties yeah. and nineties who uh, kind of went off the rails a little bit with yeah, yeah. But you know, he he's had a he's had a, a storage career. We'll put it that way. Yep. Um, we and. Had- the guy plays Chunk, who I believe is like an entertainment lawyer now from uh, what I've listened to really? other podcasts okay. with comedians. Uh, he's still in the industry, but not as an actor. He uh, he's you know handles a lot of the, um, yeah. the, the legal side of things. And then uh, the two female characters, Martha Plimpton plays one, and I know her from a TV show called Raising Hope, which mm-hmm. was fr- uh, created by the guy who did My Name is Earl. And that okay. was... Uh, uh, she was very, very good in that. I'm not sure what she'd done early, between early 85 and like I guess. 2005, but you know, she's... Um, and uh, there was another character who's... Well, we don't know. Yeah, she's is. she's the one person who dropped off the face of the entertainment <laughs> industry, apparently. Uh, uh, never she, to be seen She kind of looks like um, Emma Watson from uh, yeah. Harry Potter. Yeah, it's pre-Emma Watson. Pre-Emma Watson, yeah. <laughs> Embryonic Emma Watson. Yeah. Um, Embryonic. Embryonic. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, they go on this adventure. They go through a bunch of traps. Very Indiana Jones-esque, yeah. I guess. There's, there's, um, there's ropes and wires and pressure points which drop stones yeah, or launch the, balls. The, and... the single-use traps, as I like to call it, where yeah. once the trap is... is um, uh, once the trap has gone off, that's it. That's like, pretty much that's it. That's pretty much it. Yeah. So you send one person in to do your dirty work and yeah. then uh, and just waltz through. Exploring through caves, which are quite clearly just sort of fiberglass oh, set yeah, pieces yeah. and... Um, the, the, the thing I loved in this film, right, is that they're constantly asking to like to get some light. <laughs> like they're always needing a candle or a torch or something, despite the fact that the entire cavern is bathed in light. Like there's no point in that film where it's actually too dark to see anything. Um, but I love that. Like that's that kind of stupid 80s charm where it's like, yeah, it's a, it's a set. Like we've, it, you know, the character's... You can see it as the audience, but the characters can't. Like, it's much darker for the, yeah. for the characters. Um, but if we tie it into the whole, like, it's a bunch of kids retelling the story, like, it again, it makes... Yeah, it's brighter and it's shinier than it probably was in the real life. Um, yeah. Um, so, anyway, the kids travel along the subterranean caverns. They discover a couple of, of um, bodies as well. Well, one body, rather, of a... Um, previous explorer who'd gone off in search of the gold. Search of this uh, pirate's gold. And then they eventually... Well, look, spoilers. I, I don't know how many... 
alerts we need to put onto this. This <laughs> film came out in how? Oh man, how many years has it been now? Thirty-two. years. Thirty-two years. So yeah, uh, they find the pirate ship, and they find the treasure, uh, and it's happily ever after. They after managed that. to salvage enough of the treasure to pay off the house so mm. that it's not foreclosed, foreclosed foreclosed on and uh they don't have to move away and yeah. the rich people of the country club get their comeuppance yeah. because pirate gold. Yeah, that's right. Well, yeah, one of them gets shot. Yeah, so the uh, the two um pe- so real estate developers yeah. who are going around to um uh you know check out these places that they're uh bulldozing essentially mm. go into this old abandoned restaurant which is like oh we're going to bulldoze this and yeah. then you hear some gunshots and then later up their bodies just show up in a freezer yeah. <laughs> like one of them's in a garbage bag in the back of a car and one of them's in the freezer yeah. and it turns out that the criminals who had escaped had set up shop in this uh, place and had yeah, decided so to all, murder it, some people it's all a bit coincidental but the start of the adventure is the kicking off point is this old abandoned restaurant sort of near a, a cliff yep um, so the kids all turn up there. The criminals are in there because that's their hideout. Uh, and then the real estate developers turn up and they get shot. <laughs> and then there's a very comical scene where Chunk... So Chunk, uh, should explain the character, is the comic relief, chubby, clumsy, um, happy-go-lucky kind of kid. Uh, and he gets accidentally trapped in the freezer with a corpse. Yeah, because he smells ice cream. He smells smells ice ice cream cream. through a closed freezer door, (laughs) through uh, unopened ice cream containers. Uh, And also there's a a scene uh, a little bit later on where they're downstairs and they have pizza upstairs and he can smell that it's pizza (laughs) with pepperoni. Like he's he's just got this sixth sense for for junk food. Such a great character. Yeah, such a great little kid actor as well. Yeah. Um, And now probably a really good lawyer. (laughs) Probably. I mean, possibly. Maybe maybe people just go, oh, it's Chunk! Hey, it's Chunk! And it's like, you, yeah, mis- we'll you, you, you misfiled filed our subpoenas. It's like, it doesn't matter. He was in good. Let's get pizza! Yeah. Um, that's, I, that's the thing about this film. So if I compare it to Ghostbusters from our last podcast, um, both are pretty flawed as films. Um, but the reason why The Goonies works is the characters are strong. Like, they are identifiable. Everyone has a very clear uh, per- personality. Yeah. And they all play off each other. And, and, and just to be clear for people who are possibly listening to this and didn't listen to last week's episode, we are talking about the 2016 yes, Ghostbusters yes. and not the 84 Ghostbusters. That's, this is correct. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe we're biased because we like 80s films. Yes. Um, but we had never seen The Goonies before. We had no idea what it was like. A lot of old films don't age very well either. Um, so there was very much a potential for this film to be a disaster. But it's not. It's still pretty watchable. It's a, it's a fun kids' adventure. And I'm look, I mean, I probably don't notice these sorts of films if they come out nowadays because I'm not, you know, of that age to go yeah. look at them. But I don't see those sort of... There's the 80s kids' adventures where they... Uh, go they go just go off adventuring, finding treasure, or they have mm. adventures against little crittery monsters. If we're going gremlins, yeah, they seem to not really exist nowadays, or they're three D animated to save on studio costs. So I'm not really sure. But you know how you know where this type of film exists? It's the type of films they make for people that are now our age and slightly older. So it's stuff like Stranger Things, uh, stuff like the recent It as well, where they the take, nostalgia factor. It's the nostalgia factor, right? So they take that kind of tonal. Uh, that that feel, that that tone, and and that uh, kind of sepia toned uh, 
characterizations uh, and they bring it into a different context. So they might go for straight horror or for a action horror in the, in the case of, of Stranger Things. Um, but they retain that sense of, of um, personality and uh, very strong characterization. And they obviously set it in the 80s as well to give it that same look and feel. Um, but no, you don't really see films like The Goonies that are trying to be kids' films or family films. Um, they always come off nowadays as very saccharine. And they also tend to come off as... Um, uh, they have dual personalities, right? So they'll make a film. And the, the best thing I can think of at the moment is Shrek, right? So Shrek comes out. It's meant to be a family film, but it's very clearly laced with a lot of humour that's there purely for adults. Yeah. So, I mean, Toy Story, I think, was one of the first films I can think of that did that dual level of sort yeah, of it's half not, for kids, half for adults sort of thing. I don't know. I always thought that Toy Story was far more endearing and far more pure as a film, uh, more so than Shrek, which has some pretty obvious I mean, adult I, I humor never really... It's, it's Lord Fuckwad, right? Yeah, like, yeah. it's just... How did they get away with that? I don't that? know. It's, it's incredibly blatant. Um, but so, something like The Goonies does not have that. It's just... It is what it is. Like, the characters make a couple of, like... Um, there's some dick jokes in there, but it's like... No, they're actually earned. And, like, that's yeah. something the characters would actually say, because... One-eyed Willy. Yeah, it's just fun. Um, so, the one thing that we haven't touched on, which is possibly one of the more out there things that exists in the Goonies is the character called Sloth. Oh, yeah. Who is the older brother of the uh, criminal family. Yeah. Who is just completely disfigured. So yeah. he has a egg-shaped head with a tuft of orange hair sp- uh, spreading out the top. Mm. He has ears that are sort of like, they almost flap on the side yeah. of his head. One of his eyes is a good 10 centimetres lower than the other. And yeah. blinks, he, he has maybe four or five teeth in his head. Mm. Um, he speaks slowly. Um, yeah, and he's physically very big. He's He's a giant. So he was played by a professional footballer, I think you mentioned. Yes. Um, when we Googled who the actor was, um, I imagine he's some sort of linebacker or something. He is a monster of a man. Mm. Um, and in many scenes, we'll like, you know, pick a character up by like one arm and like lift them above the head yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, uh, so, so it's it's the, the gentle giant sort of character who yeah. doesn't know their own strength and is possibly a little bit simple in terms of uh, intelligence, yep. but has a heart of gold. Yep. And I, I mentioned this to you while we were watching it, but is this a trope? Like, I've seen this type of character before. So there's a character, um, I can't remember the name of it now, but it's like a duo character in Mad Max 3, um, where it's a, uh, he's he kind of, he's just a, a brutal machine, essentially, but he's, um, he has sort of childlike intelligence. Yeah. Um, so he's, there's one in that. I suppose the... Possibly the Green Mile, the, um, the yeah, Michael the, Clark yeah, Duncan yeah. has yep. that, that big giant strength that he doesn't quite understand, yeah. very childlike mentality, uh, and is sort of feared and misunderstood by the um Yeah, it's, it's, the public. it's, it's Lenny from Of Mice and Men. Yep. And it's, um, it's Frankenstein as well. Frankenstein, uh, the, the uh, Andre the Giant in The Princess Bride. Bride. Yep. Uh, and there's probably a bunch of other examples there. Where so it's really, I mean, the only stipulation of that character is they have to be big mm. and they have to be strong, but not not like uh, have a level of intelligence where they can't really understand their own strength or yeah. how other people how they might do harm to other people. Yeah. But at their core, are fundamentally good good good, uh, good people. people. Yeah. So chunk and sloth 
uh, so Chunk gets locked in the dungeon with, with sloth. sloth. Yeah. And they form a They very, form a bond. A bond and cuz yeah. obviously initially this guy looks like a grotesque monster mm. but is um friendly and nice. And I think even at the end Chunk says, "You I love you. You're <laughs> coming to live with me." I'm like, "Are you do you want to check with your parents first? That's a little bit yeah, of a I, weird this, request." And also Sloth is probably I got to say at least 30 years old at this point <laughs> as well. Uh, so I mean the weirdest thing that I found about Sloth was the um makeup the prosthetics mm. that they done yeah. it, so up until that point you have frozen guys with bullet holes in their heads in freezers mm. it's all very dark and gritty and realistic uh, and then you have this weird um thing that looks like it's sort of yeah. it suddenly takes a jump from being dark and gritty to being a little bit uh of a yeah something in it from a child's imagination yeah it was almost at that point where i went have the kids been captured and tortured by the criminals <laughs> and the rest of the story is just them in their minds escaping to a place where they can escape, where yeah. they can find gold, where these the gentle giant yeah. monsters that they see are actually kind of nice, sweet, sweetheart and yeah. like people. So, And they, you know, the the ending where they get to stay in the town that they grew up in and, and continue having their adventures. Is this a dark... Is this just a dark... Like, there's an end credit scene where we flash back and they're actually all under a sort of dark in a dark lab somewhere yeah. or hooked up to machinery or even if they are rescued it's like they're <laughs> so permanently scarred from the, the traumatic <laughs> events that they spend yeah. the rest of their time in like this catatonic state where yeah. they're living in a world yeah. where they found the emeralds to save their home <laughs> it's, just, it's just the matrix then yeah. isn't it i mean i mean that's that's the the crux of most fan theories is that something went terribly wrong and it all mm. plays out in the mind of one of the lead characters yeah. the way yeah. that they wish that it had gone all right, so let me throw something at you then. So let's say, uh, let's say, movie, movie film studios is a legitimate studio, right? I mean, we we definitely we are. are. We, are we definitely, definitely are. are. I mean, we are a film studio that makes movies. Why else would we be called movie <laughs> this film is studios? Correct. Um, so we are movie executives. I mean, I I'm, I'm wearing a tie right now. Chairman of of CEO, founder, yep. co-founder. Yep. Uh, I'm a venture capitalist. I have yep. unlimited resources at my disposal to and make my own films. Absolutely, and I'm the vice president. Because I mean, you can be you can be co-president. You can demote yourself to vice if you want. I said co-founder, so okay. Like, so uh, yeah, I'm no, no, you've already you're already called vice president. All right, vice president and co-founder. Right. I think you can have that. I sure. just I didn't want the entire limelight. I wanted to step back a bit and let other people sure. maybe you know take the limelight a little bit. It's That's all right. fine. Don't don't anyway. So we uh, we run a studio, and we love making films. Oh, right? absolutely, we love. Love making films. Um, obviously, we love watching films and pulling Absolutely. them apart, but yep. the only reason to do that is is because we, we want to understand films better so we exactly. can make our own. Because we know we know what the audience wants. Exactly. The audience wants what they pay to go and see, right? Now, something like The Goonies made a crap load of money. Um, it has a very, very big following. Uh, a lot of love and affection for it, and we understand that. We yeah, can and totally, we, totally see. We that. all know how Hollywood just gets super wet for like rebooting <laughs> these films, these nostalgic films. Yes, but we're not. We're not about reboots. We're above that. No, we make our own make original our own... content. Everything we make yeah. is a hundred percent original. Yes. The the likeness to existing intellectual property That's... will be disputed in the courts. Look, I'm not. Dis- I'm not saying that it. You know, isn't completely dissimilar I'm just from saying, uh, other films. I would say that as artists, it's not inconceivable to think that two groups of separate artists working completely independently could 
yeah. not come to the same. There is that famous idea. quote that you know, good artists borrow and great artists steal. That's right. And we are great artists. We are indeed great artists, but not legally. <laughs> From a legal standpoint, we have <laughs> not stolen anything. No, no. From a legal perspective, we are good artists. <laughs> We're just good artists. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Even just mediocre, because like borrowing is a bit of a legal grey yeah, area. Yeah, that's right. As well. No, no. We're mediocre artists. We attempt to create fresh experiences for our our audience. Um, so we'd like to make. I mean, what about you? What do you think? I mean, I do mean, you feel I'm, like I don't know where I'm getting the inspiration from, but some sort of uh, children's adventure treasure, uh, okay. like, yep. would be a good talk, idea. Talk and to I'm, me. I'm talk not me. sure where we'd start. I'm not sure. I mean, there's a. I've got a couple of pitches some, okay. uh, that people have thrown to me, sure. so I'll just I'll run through. Do these people this. work for our studios? Uh, I mean, they can if if we decide to if hire them. Okay. Um, or we can just tweak a couple of the nouns and verbs in their pitch and take it for our right. Um, so this one, I'm not look. I'm not really sure if we said it. If we said it in the '80s. Do we mm. do the the Stranger Thing nostalgia factor? No, and, I think we're done with the '80s. Right? Like right. too many people are doing the so '80s. So it's it's a it's a we, we either go much much earlier or we set it in a modern setting. So we set it in the '40s. Yes, exactly. Yeah, we it's, go. Yeah, we divided by yeah half of eighty forty. It's the forties. So it's it's set in the forties. I think it's possibly um we'll go England. It's set yep. uh during the uh bomb raids yep. in uh in, the Nazis are coming across. There's so the the kids are uh, like their escape from the war yep. is, is an escape to find Nazi gold. Nazi gold. Yeah. So uh I don't know why the Nazis are hiding their gold in in England, but I'm sure they are <laughs> countryside England. Yeah, but it's, but it's like, uh, what do you call them? Uh, they're um, uh, undercover Nazis. They're um, sleeper Nazis yes. in, in England. Sleeper Nazis in England yeah. have been hoarding their gold there because they're just like, we're going to win the war. <laughs> we might as well bring our, our riches over here yeah, now. Because they want to buy England. That was my fantastic German really accent, good. by the yeah, way. It's really good. <laughs> Now our rule is if we can't do an accent, it must be it must um, be English. But like it's so confusing, man. <laughs> if it's an English sense. accent, but it's for Germans. So actually, that's not a bad point because my bad English accent is actually a Nazi trying, trying to, to do, do so an English it's accent. Fan, it's a fantastic accent. Exactly. All right. So it's 1940s. Uh, it's during the bombing raids. Uh, we're in London. It's a bunch of kids looking for the Nazi gold that has been left behind by sleeper agents in the country. Yes. So, I mean, obviously, very much like uh, intellectual property that we're definitely not copying, the no. Goonies, yep. the first 25 minutes of the film is super serious. Mm. It is like these kids have found the um, National Guard, who are supposed to be like the Dad's Army type people, mm. who the Nazis have killed and yep. assumed their identities. Yep. There's like bodies... Um, the Nazis are even probably attempting to torture them at some yep. stage. Yep. And then at some point, the Nazis go from like evil Nazis into <laughs> bumbling fool Nazis <laughs> who like are, are being tripped up by uh, these elaborate uh, traps and mechanisms that are that yeah. all going through. I also love the idea that, um, not uh, very indistinctly from the Goonies, but you know how there's a bunch of property developers in town that want to like raise the place so that they can build new houses and stuff they want to demolish all the houses in the area much like a I, certain I th army may want to bomb exactly i mean i think that was uh the main reasons for the the bombings wasn't to no, strike fear yeah. into the t it was just like high rises when we come through this is my half german half english accent <laughs> but gunters want to turn this it sounds dutch now i'm so sorry uh we're gonna to want to turn this entire area into a country club <laughs> 
and we're going to one of French now. <laughs> it's it's gene- generic European. Yeah. All right. So this is you know so the 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 Nazis have this dial I think on their accent and as they as they twist it it yeah. just heads in circles yeah, around yeah, Eastern yeah. Europe. Okay. Great. <laughs> so let's let's introduce our plucky group of kids. All oh, uh, right. Okay. And I suppose we're going to have to cast as. I mean, I suppose the issue is. Well, yeah, we should ha- we should cast them now. We can. So either- what I want to do is pick modern day actors, but have their younger selves play them. <laughs> okay. So so like we can have a young Dwayne the Rock Johnson. We can, but like like a twelve year old Dwayne yeah. the Rock Johnson playing this character. But do you feel like Dwayne the Rock Johnson should play? a deformed I think I mean like, watching watching Sloth and I'm like who would I cast as this giant of a man yeah. with uh, gentle uh, heart of gold yeah. with somewhat physical deformities it, it, you got to come back to to it's, the rock it's got to be the rock I mean we might not be able to get him though he's in some they, I actually did see a little teaser for Pacific Rim number 2 yeah and is, I'm fairly sure based on <laughs> based on our own thing where Pacific Rim 2 is we use science to make Dwayne the Rock Johnson giant so he can fight kaiju monsters I think he might be busy saving the world uh, who is your backup who's our backer for Dwayne the Rock Johnson do we just do the same thing and we go uh, well, I think pro- we- professional sports Yep. we can take. Uh, why not get LeBron James? LeBron James. I think. I think LeBron's that kind of works. And yeah. like he, he's been dabbling in film, so yeah. we, we get LeBron James yeah, to play. He's got, he's got the star power as well, and um, I'm fairly sure he can pull off an English accent without nah, much trouble. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, he's, he's got inter- a wide he's, range. Yeah, he's an international star. He can. He can definitely do it. I mean, when we get our director on board to tell him how to act, it'll be fine. Yes. Um, so LeBron James is going to be playing. Uh, the gentle giant. Is, does that mean that he's the but we need to older get... brother of one of the Nazis? Is that... <laughs> yeah. If we're if we're completely taking well, the cues from the Goonies, then well, that would maybe like there's a maybe there's a, he's a cousin. Yes, okay, he's, like, he's sure. related, but not directly, and that yeah. way. And they're just like, I know, I know you're uh, you're a Nazi. member of the Aryan Brotherhood, LeBron, but but just to just to make things a little bit confusing here in Germany, we're sending you to England uh, because otherwise things might get a little bit hairy. Well, maybe LeBron James's character was brainwashed, so we can imply that the Nazis have all sorts of secret. Uh, technologies and and magical artifacts. If Indiana Jones has taught me anything, it's the Nazis uh, love magic. They artifacts. love magic. Um, so maybe, maybe LeBron James was just a normal British um, dock worker, right? And, and they've been and he's been brainwashed they, into thinking he's a Nazi. The Nazis kidnapped him. They shot some magic beam at him. That's what deformed him as well. And then his, his face half melted his because he was looking melted. at yeah, the Ark of the Covenant. That's, the that's almost like what uh, Sloth looks like in the Goonies. Yeah, is that yeah. he, he just looked at the Ark of the Covenant for a fraction and too then they long. Covered it up. Yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> look away! Oh, it's too late! Oh, <laughs> the Nazis had like a big black curtain in front of the Ark, and then they just go whoop, reveal it really quickly, and then cover it back up, and exactly. then they sort of base. Uh, and then they sort of say, "Yeah, that looks, yeah, that looks deformed enough." And then they send him out. I don't know what accent that was. That was actually cl- much closer to German than <laughs> anything I managed um, to pull off. So. And then yeah, and then he becomes. Oh, what's his character name? What will LeBron? Well, I think we should just call him Tapir. I'm just naming <laughs> South South American. Yeah, uh, I was going to say now. it can't be a sloth because that's not British enough. And neither is Taper, but why not? <laughs> sure. His name's Taper. Great. So we've got our our gormless yeah. giant. So who who then are this uh, so the kids. group of plucky individuals? Yeah. So we'd have to go back in time to get them while they were young. But uh, so let's I mean let's go straight to the source, right? So um, Sean Astin, 
was Samwise Gamgee in The Lord of the Rings. Yep. So do we take, what, Dominic Monaghan? Or... Yeah, why not? Yeah, sure. No, and then I suppose we're going to have to take uh, the other one as well because they're kind of joined at the hip. Yes, let's call him the other one because we absolutely <laughs> don't, don't remember his, his name. name. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, Boyd. Yes. Something Boyd. Billy, Billy Boyd. Billy Boyd. Um, thank you, memory. So yeah. we have to take both of them. I'd quite like a, a young Id- Idris Elba, I think would be a phenomenal uh, oh, addition yeah. to this uh, ensemble cast. Who would he play, though? Um... Uh, you could either have him as the tough older brother, Josh, Josh Brolin yeah. type character. Yeah. <laughs> um, it'd be like, you know how uh, Jerry like, O'Connell is the fat kid in um, in oh, yeah, uh, Stand yeah. By Me, but yeah. later on plays like the really handsome buff dude yeah, in like yeah, yeah. Tomcats and things like that. Yeah. Maybe that's Idris Elba's origins. And Maybe he was like a bit of a tubby little kid and he's grown up into this so, like you yeah, know phenomenal specimen right. of a man. So, so he, he'll play the chunk character and it's chubby young Idris Elba. <laughs> Okay, so we've got uh, Chunk, who will be called, um, let's call him Flab. Flabs, yep. yep. Flabs, yep, I love Flabs. Uh, we've got Billy Boyd and... Uh, and Dominic Monaghan. Dominic Monaghan, uh, both playing the central yeah, character. they're both playing Corey Feldman's the mouth character. Cause they're oh, both, wait, really? Yeah. I thought he'd play uh, the Samwise. No, not the Samwise, he played no, playing no, Sean's I think that's character. the central character, because they're offsiders, right? So ah, I think okay. I think they may they may even be playing like twins or something like that. And yeah, they, they, it's almost right. taking Corey Feldman, splitting him in two, and giving yeah. that fast talking. I would also love the idea that they kind of complete each other's sentences as well. Yeah. Um, so they've got a real... So are like, you suggesting conjoined twins then? Well, I am now. I mean, <laughs> I mean, we haven't seen conjoined twins in a serious role. No. I mean, there's the Matt Damon uh, and Greg Kinnear film Stuck on You, which is a comedy be- because it just just have conjoined twins in a film and yeah. don't you know don't mention that it's anything abnormal because I mean conjoined people exist in the real That's world. Right. Yeah. There's no reason for them just to not be regular yeah. people in a film. Yeah. We do Billy Boyd and Dominic Monaghan as conjoined twins yeah. playing the Corey Feldman role of the fast talking the mouth, yeah. and uh, everyone is fine with it. So exactly. We don't. I mean, um, yeah. Okay. That's great. All right. Now so we, we need still to, need a lead. We still need a lead kid. Still we need, do our need plucky. I, like, see, I want to say like Kate Winslet, right? Uh, a young okay. Kate Winslet in the lead role. But I mean, I've said Idris Elba and Kate Winslet, <laughs> and they just have been in a film together called like Between the Mountains, ah, where they crash. Okay. So maybe, maybe yep. I, maybe it is, maybe it is that. Maybe we take both of them, and it's like you know, when now when they watch, you know, Stuck Between the Mountains, we've plane crashed and we have to survive. <laughs> they're like, oh, it's so good that they've reunited these two pe- two actors, yeah, because they were in that film together as yeah, kids. Yeah, how lovely is it to see them uh, uh, back together again? Yeah. yeah, of course. So lead lead character is played by a, a very young Kate, Kate Winslet. Kate Winslet, yeah, and At- her her. Uh, older brother or sister um, is played by a young Helen Mirren. <laughs> but, like, obviously, Helen Mirren, a young Helen Mirren compared to Kate Winslet, she's still like 40 years older than Kate Winslet. So, well, um, I'll, here's a bit of weird trivia for you. On an episode of The Daily Show a few years back, John, Ol- uh, John, not John, John Stewart made this big deal about how young Helen Mirren looked like Jennifer Lawrence. Um, and he had a photo of young Helen Mirren, and there's kind of a similarity there. So I feel like Jennifer Lawrence, current age Jennifer Lawrence, could play up against young Kate Winslet and young Indra Elba. Right. So <laughs> if we can't get Helen Mirren to go back in time, we will get regular... I mean, the issue is we have to get Helen Mirren to go back in time further than yes. the other characters. Yes. And I mean, of course, obviously the technology exists for us to do this. Otherwise, yes. it'd be crazy that no, we're pitching so, these actors in these roles. No, so, we go back in time and we get Helen Mirren at that age. All oh, right, bring and her, bring her back bring here. Bring her back. Okay. But if we can't do that... If we can't do that, we just have to get Jennifer, Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence, yeah. Okay. 
Um, okay, great. I so we've that. got our ensemble <clears throat> cast. We we've, do. we've got the the Nazi gold as the MacGuffin, the the target of the uh, oh, the we film. Haven't, we haven't cast our criminals. We haven't we cast haven't our ca- Nazis. I, look, Michael Fassbender oh, yeah. looks so much like um, Christopher Plummer from yep. The Sound of Music yep. that it's almost impossible <laughs> for me to not see him as like a Nazi naval captain. <laughs> yep. Um, oh, that's great because he and he was totally against Nazis in one of the X-Men films as well. He was up against... He was, I mean, he he, cr- he crushed the fence because he... I mean, he plays a, a Jewish character in those films right, whose yeah. parents were um, uh, victims of that Nazi regime. Yep. So uh, it'd be a bit of a turn for him. Yeah. But I mean, it'd still be okay because it's not like the Nazis win in our film. I mean, spoilers, they're not going to win. But, like, it'd be fine. He'll be fine with it, wouldn't he? Yeah, and I, I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing him as like a bit of a bumbling fool. I yeah. think I think uh, Michael Fassbender is probably uh, you know enough of a professional that he'd take it in its in his stride, yeah. take it lighthearted. He'd yeah. he'd bring his acting chops. He'd, he'd sort of obviously add that gravitas mm. that he brings to all of his yeah. roles. Yeah. But at the same time, he knows that it's a bit of a yeah a, a bumbling so fool. Would we direct him to sort of play it as intensely as possible? So would it be like a Twelve Years a Slave kind of situation where? For the fir- definitely for the first twenty five minutes, first like I said, minutes, for the first yeah. twenty five minutes, okay. it's super dark. Yeah, like you even have like obviously because Spielberg will be producing this one as well. Yeah, for sure, he can get Liam Neeson. Yep. to be a Nazi, but this time an awful Nazi. <laughs> like just it's just like you. I used to make lists and yeah. save people. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck lists. <laughs> I hate lists. And that's uh, although that can be the treasure map, the clue that um, oh, that the kids find yeah, is the, is, like, is a list a that list. Liam Neeson has made of yeah. all the all the people that the Nazis have stolen gold from. Yeah, and that's how the that's the first. So wait, the clue kids, that the kids are kids looking find. for like the gold of deceased people. No, no, no! I didn't say the Nazis killed them to take their gold. I just said that you know it's like the the Rembrandts and like you know the the big stashes of artworks. They, uh, just, yeah. they just came in, they stormed, stormed, the and just acquired all yeah. of this sort of stuff. They're the kind of less reprehensible Nazis from yeah. good time films. I mean, yeah. to to be fair, this is like we're saying these are the bad guys. This is what Tom Cruise's character was <laughs> doing in the Mummy was going into war zones and stealing this, antiquities. This is true, and he's supposed to be the good guy. All right, great. So we're on par with Tom Cruise. Then. Right. So we still need one more Nazi. It has the, to be a, a, a female, uh, an old woman female old woman Nazi. Female. Judy to Dench. Be, <laughs> Judy Dench yeah. is the mother of Liam Neeson and Michael Fassbender, <laughs> and they play the Nazis in our Not Goonies remake. Um, can you? Can you? Can you just imagine? And I just, I can also see Judy Dench doing really bad fake oh, slaps yeah, for sure. <laughs> And then you have LeBron James <laughs> for some reason as the half-face melted giant older yeah, brother of these people. They showed him the Ark of the Covenant briefly, and his face started melting. And then they covered it back up, and then it froze in place. That's what happens with it, face melting. It technology. makes complete sense. It absolutely does. Now, um, look, we're pretty much ready to roll into production with this film now. Absolutely, um, but we do need a name. We need at least a, a shooting name, I guess, if you want to sort of cover up. Well, here's here's my pitch. All so right. the the Goonies, it's not really explained in the film, mm. and they call where they live the Goon Docks. Yeah. So I'm not sure if it's a play on the way word Boondocks or mm. whether the place is actually called the Goon Docks and they've called themselves the Goonies because of that. Yeah, I say we set this in the tunnels and caves inside. The uh, the White Cliffs of Dover, 
Yep. So that that we could all call, maybe call it the Doovies or the Dovies. The Dovers. The the Dovers. Yeah. The Dovers. Yeah. So this this group of young. Well, uh, hang on, hang on. Wait. Well, if well, then we need two names then. So the Dovers is if the Goonies is legitimately named after a place called the Goon Docks. Yes. But if it's a play on words and it's actually meant to be Boondocks and they've just called it Goon Docks instead, if they're from a place called Dover, what is then their pun name on top of that? I mean, really, all you need to do is just replace the first level exactly. of, of Doovies. Yeah. So they could be the Hoovies or the, the Boovies or the Voovies or the Hoovies, anything. Uh, Juvies. I don't, I, juvies Ju- and, Ooh, and, and having it about okay. uh, Nazis yeah, as well. Yeah. No, that feels a little bit... We're getting into weird territory. We are treading uh, uh, on ground I'd rather <laughs> avoid. Hey, this is what we do as, as a daring, high-profile film studio, okay? I don't need you here. If you're not going to have the vision and you're not going to have the guts to, like go all in on a great idea that we definitely did not steal from anything. <laughs> um, I'm going to have no place for you here, and I say that as I vice mean, president of this place. I understand where you're coming from. We've just got a message from legal, oh, and it's God. just saying that the, we're going to have to at least steer clear. If there's if there's story similarities and film name similarities yep. between the two, uh, they can legally link those two ideas to be plagiarism oh, whereas or copyright infringement, whereas if we just call it Adventure Children... <laughs> <laughs> or, or something like that, yep. then um, then they can't get us at all. Yep. Okay. Adventure children. Adventure children. Yep. Um, who gets top billing? Who? Uh, see, in the this, we just do it like they did in the Goonies. At the start of the Goonies, it just says characters in, in alphabetical, alphabetical order. order. Yeah. So you just go. I'm sorry, Kate Winslet. W is not as <laughs> as high as uh, Sean Aston. Aston's Sean Aston's not in this film. Aston's not even in this film. Uh, with Billy Boyd. Billy Boyd, Boyd is probably first, yeah, first so build. The question is, do you have to conjoin his billing yeah. with Dominic Monaghan's one? Like, is it yeah, you have Billy to. Boyd, Dominic Monaghan, like, as one as entity? One, as one entity, yeah. yeah. Um, and I would also like to have an and someone else at the end. Yeah, so, like, one of those, you know, oh, I haven't thought about that yeah. actor in a while. And they, they played... One eye in the obviously in the Goonies, one-eyed Willie is the pirate yeah. who uh, has all the gold. Who's, yeah. who's the guy who... Um, uh, the one-eyed willy pirate who she's like oh john hurt obviously not john hurt um but uh <laughs> someone john. someone like that who's like that that old guy who's possibly um uh, do we rescue jeffrey rush from pirates and actually give him a proper pirate role and we let, wouldn't, would he, oh, what well, do you mean give a him a proper role let's just make him barbosa <laughs> <laughs> like the the nazi gold they stole from uh <laughs> barbosa hey this is getting too close to other properties that it we're is. not going to steal. We cannot. Yes, it's true. We so like, other, you would absolutely have to pay licensing to. Yeah. To but, through. I like Jeffrey Rush though. I do, I do like Jeffrey Rush. We, well, of course, we, who can not like Jeffrey Rush? So I mean, in in Goonies, there was an adventurer who went in search of the nuts uh, in the pirate yes, gold and got it was, crushed. Uh, uh, Barry Pepperpot. Copperpot. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um. So. And and I actually thought that character was going to show up in the caves down there somewhere, yeah. but it was just there's, his skeleton. So yeah, there's two appearances of him. So do there's we use one... do we use time travel just to go and also get Jeffrey Rush's skeleton? His corpse, <laughs> yeah, just his skeleton. We yeah. only need to go like we just you know, no, we need a photo year, of him as well. Thirty years in the future, and yeah, grab his wallet and a, a yeah. photo, and a, and we use we use that bone time traveling technology <laughs> that we uh, we definitely is definitely real, and yep. it's definitely from last week's yep. episode. Yep, yep. To to like so we can go and Jeffrey Rush, and when people walk out of the cinema and said where was jeffrey rush and yeah. we're just like 
that's a secret we're going to take to the graves or you can just listen to our podcast and find out it was the skeleton of the dude yep I do like how we're going to be using Jeffrey Rush's actual wallet as well. Oh, you just have cross to. out his name yeah. and write down whatever the name uh, of his character is in our film. Um, so, here, okay, here's a potential problem then. So, if we look at the Goonies, and because we don't want to obviously copy them, and we haven't yet at no, all, no, not at all. Uh, so that film I- ends in a pirate ship. So that's where the treasure is located, and there's a sort did, of. Did I hear you say Nazi submarine? <laughs> I, yes, you did say it. you did hear just, that. Just like that, like they find a, a U-boat like in a yep. subterranean cavern yep. that is like connected. It's like there's a, a passageway underneath the cliffs yeah. of Dover into this uh, subterranean cavern, and it's a Nazi U-boat full of Nazi gold. So, it, uh, well. Is there a crew in there? Has uh, Have they just... Right, because in, in more... Goonies, yeah, One-Eyed we... Willie kills all of the Nazis so they won't know exactly where the... Um... Yeah. Well, he kills pirates in, in the Goonies. He doesn't kill... There's I mean, we don't pirates. know that. They may have been Nazi pirates. <laughs> you don't know their political viewpoints. This is true. Yeah, I shouldn't judge. I shouldn't judge. Um, <clears throat> but hang on. This this also means if we're going to the future to get Jeffrey Rush's corpse, we're going to need more corpses for that uh, Nazi U-boat. Because it's like the the Goonies is full of them. Like there's skeletons everywhere. So who's going to play the captain of the U-boat? We'll never tell. That secrets we'll take to our grave. Or is that they us? It's us. We took the secrets to our grave because they are our skeletons. We travelled into the future. To get our own skeletons. Does that mean that we're going to have cameos in all of the films that we make here at Movie Film Studios? But only as corpses. Only as corpses. Yeah. So there'll be skeletons in every film every that we film. do. Yeah. And and secretly, there'll be our own cameos yeah. with that bone time traveling technology. But I think as well, like we can, it depends on when we go back to get our corpses. So we can either go back far enough and uh, so that they're skeletons, or we go back into a more recent time where we've only been dead for two years and we're still a little bit or two, juicy. Or two days. Or two days, yeah. It's just like, bump, bump. Is, it, yeah, is that you on Law and Order as the dead body that's been <laughs> yeah. carted away? <laughs> No, well, someone has to appear not as law, the... Not Law and Order, sorry. Uh, legally distinct from Law and Order. <laughs> no, uh, rules and uh, um, regulations. Yes, rule, rules and regulations brought to you by Movie Film Studios. <laughs> um, and then the spin-off. Um, is, uh, see, is Rules and Regulations a Jane Austen Law and Order type? <laughs> like, I think, actually, I really think that idea is way too good to be on this <laughs> podcast because I really wouldn't mind doing it. Rule, I want to see, well, what are yeah, the uh, spin-offs uh, as well? Like, a Victorian-era law and order called Rules, rules and Regulations. And regulations. <laughs> so what would Special Victims Unit be? <laughs> um, um, peasant folk. No, <laughs> rules and Regulations, pri- uh, colon, peasant folk. Prized, um, uh, what's another word for victims? <laughs> Prized indentured servant. No. no. <laughs> um, okay. So, well, yeah. Going back to our corpse thing as well, we need someone to play. Um, uh, they, you know, the the. It's England. There's a bunch of people uh, in the town who are English, who actually support the idea of demolishing most of England to build. Nazi sky rises, right? Sky rise okay, it's Nazi and so they go to the house of where our Nazis are staying, <laughs> and they're like, "We'd like to knock this place down if you wouldn't mind." And then they shoot them 
Yeah. So we're going to need a couple of corpses. So, that can so, be us so are these guys, these guys are going around at night and turning the lights on in all the houses. <laughs> so when the Nazi bombing parties yeah. come over, they have a target they have to a aim target, for. Yeah. That's, that's really, that's it doesn't quite really make, dark. It doesn't make any sense. Like, why would the Nazis kill those guys? Surely they'd be like, wow, you guys are, you guys are doing a very good job. <laughs> that was, no, in, that no. was so Indian. That was terrible. <laughs> I mean, the the distinction between German and Indian accents is almost uh, impossible oh, to hear, hear without a trained ear. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, look, I think I think these are just minutiae we're going to have to work out in the script writing phase, yeah. which, to be honest, is going to be this afternoon. <laughs> uh, the project is, I mean, I'm, we get, I suppose it's a, a democracy. I don't run uh, movie film studios with an no, iron no, no. fist. I, so, um, yeah. I'm, I have uh, a little switch here. One of them is a red light. One of them is a green light. Yep. On the count of three, mm-hmm. I'd like you to flip your switch and yep. see you know, whether we green light this project or not. Yep. So one, two, two three. three. Oh, that's two yep. green lights. Yep. So I think that project that's has been green lit. Launched. Um, uh, it's already in pre-production. It is in pre-production. We've got to, uh, I mean, get ourselves a director, get mm-hmm. ourselves an executive. Pro- we have to put well, an executive producer in we our do. Uh, trailer. It needs to be, uh, what uh, film was this executive producer part of? Because, I mean, we've got Steven Spielberg, and he's obviously the executive producer of Transformers. Yes. That's the only reason he's there. We don't really give a crap about any of the other stuff he's done. Um, but we do need a producer who walked onto the set of some film one day and then walked off. Yes. Uh, who? What film? Geostorm. I mean, it has to be at least tonally similar to what we're doing. <laughs> what but is like, tonally similar? Tonally, I don't know. Definitely not the Goonies <laughs> TM logo. <laughs> I definitely legally distinct from. Um, I mean, an executive producer of Stranger Things, I think, would go a long way oh, for yeah, great. Adventure Children being a smash hit. It's like, oh, it, you're an executive producer of Adventure Children? Yeah. And Stranger Things is a show I've seen where children go on adventures. I'll yeah. go watch your movie. So, so should the executive producer just be Netflix? Not anyone at Netflix just the entity itself just the concept just of. the concept of Netflix is the executive producer of Adventure Kids now uh, while Adventure we're tr- Children Adventure Children Adventure so Kids sorry. is going to be the American remake where they just, ah, they just okay. get it completely wrong they- yeah and then like no one likes it but then um, they make a sequel and then everyone starts liking it yeah yeah um, now the one thing we have forgotten here is funding now the best way to get funding for an amazing project like this is to sell sponsorship, product placement. Product placement. Now, it is the 1940s. It is going to be difficult. Um, now, do we... <laughs> well, it, we're not making it in the 1940s. No. And look, I'm sure Pepsi and I don't see Pizza why Hut. I couldn't... <laughs> Existed in the UK in the night. Oh, no, I'm just envisioning a a giant Mercedes Benz logo on the front of that U boat, <laughs> the submarine. It's a Mercedes Benz. Oh, like submarine. Jurassic World, yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, like the, the like... It, it comes out of the water and like and there's a giant that sort of star shaped logo yeah, right yeah. on the front of it. <clears throat> so it's like it's an ad for Mercedes Benz's U boats. <laughs> oh, look, I just think so long as they get their logo in there, I don't care what they don't really care what sort of yeah, vehicle it's on. Well, I mean, if we can get them to make a U boat. Like, if that's a bold new direction for Mercedes-Benz to make U-boats, I'm all for that, and then they can be in our film. But um, I don't think we should limit it there. I think, yeah, Pizza Hut could definitely be there. I mean, how else did uh, Idris Elba get a little bit... What do we call him? Flabs? Flabs, yeah. (laughs) How did did Flabs get his his nickname? Exactly. Uh, He didn't get it from eating Marmite and corned beef. Um, 
that's something they ate in the 1940s. Sure. Right? It sounds very English. I'll give yeah, you that. If you, if you do it in the old-timey English accent, it works. Marmite and corned beef. Yes. No, no, no. It has to be, hello, Marmite. Get your <laughs> Marmite right. today. Marmite and corned beef. You can't say Pizza Hut in that accent. Oh, gee, you can't. Pizza Hut. No, yeah, it doesn't, doesn't work. work. It doesn't, it doesn't work. roll off the top. Dominoes. Do- oh, Dominoes does work. Dominoes yeah. work because it's there you a, go. It's also an old game from the 1930s <laughs> or something. I think Dominoes could be in it, but they should just be an actual domino set. Yeah, this is this is pre-pizza. This is when <laughs> this is they were like, the manufacturer of the, the tile game rather than the uh, pizza chain company that so, we all come yeah, to know and love. Uh, uh, Timothy Dominoes. Um, <laughs> this is the story of how Dominoes got oh, made. Oh, yeah, sure. So Timothy Domino- uh, Dominoes inherited uh, his father's Dominoes factory in 1956. Um, and the world was going through a bit of a Dominoes recession. Uh, the, the, the game had... Um, had really gone out of favour with the kids of the day. Um, it didn't look like it was coming back. Uh, there was a lot of like news headlines and like uh, a newspaper boys on the headlines going stuff like extra, extra, Domino's no longer popular with yeah. children. Um, I mean, what was he to do with these small, flat, square boxes that you, they used to ship off, That's ship Domino's thing. off to people? That's the thing. He had no idea. He had and a also, where- warehouse full of them. All the wood used... Um, to make dominoes themselves. So he decided that the obvious next logical step was to use the wood to create ovens, uh, to use the boxes, make them slightly bigger. Because you can't do anything else you with wood do anything else. And then except just, for make ovens. Exactly. That's the only thing That's wood is good for. the only thing you can do with it. Uh, and, and especially since, like, you know, some of these dominoes are probably made out of ivory as well. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you do with ivory? You turn yeah, them into, into ovens. An oven. You yeah. make just, like... Just yeah. make big ovens And what do you do with the black paint that they used to put the dots on the dominoes with? You turn it into ovens. <laughs> just you paint the ovens black. Yeah. You can't do anything else with it. Because it makes them hotter. Uh, and that's how you get piping hot. Pizza. Pizza, right. So, uh, Timothy Domino's made the bold decision in 1956 to convert his previous... Uh, Domino Empire. Domino Empire into a Domino's Pizza Empire. Right. So, we put Domino's product placement in our film. Um, you know what's really good Domino's. about Domino's? Is, yep. it, like, the physical thing is that there's so many of those Rube Goldberg uh, uh, contraptions oh my gosh, in, yeah. in, in, in Goonies that... Instead of like having uh, cannonballs which pull levers, yeah. which pull uh, <clears throat> chickens to lay eggs to yeah. counterbalance weights, it's just all dominoes. Just, knock- <laughs> just knocking each- knocking the dominoes down. That's fantastic. Just like, the trap is just oh, it knocked over a domino, and you just just dominoes yeah. all the way around. See, this is why like the, the the director and the producers of the Goonies had no idea how to do product placement properly. So all the traps in our film will feature dominoes branded dominoes. Exactly. Um, so they'll be everywhere. Like a, a good. Um, you know, third of the film will be full of traps made by dominoes. Um, and that's how we make this film. Like, we'll get tons of money coming in for that. So, I mean, just between Mercedes-Benz submarines and <laughs> Domino's Domino's, uh, this film is, like, our our special effects budget is going to be off the chart. We could probably oh, sure. even get uh, LeBron James to look at the real Arc of the Covenant. <laughs> and then and then, and then pay, pay for the cosmetic pay for the, yeah, surgery to fix, to fix him. Fix him up, yeah. That's fantastic. I think I think we have our film made. I think we have a, a, a winner. So look out, uh, look out in the cinemas in the not too distant future. I mean, we have a turnaround time on these films of what four or five days generally. Yep. So it should probably be out by next week. So yep. look out at the movies for Adventure Children, um, a 
a, a rollicking adventure <laughs> uh, in the search of Nazi gold starring uh, Idris Elba, Idris Elba, Judy Dench, Helen Mirren, Kate Mirren. Winslet, Billy Michael Boy, Fassbender, Moynihan. Uh, yeah, uh, it's, got, it's got them all. All it's the ones you know and love. The there ones. was another. Uh, uh, yeah, Liam uh, Neeson Liam is also Neeson. <laughs> Nazi as well. And, our and, the, and, our and, and, and Jeffrey Rush in, in very, very small print, skeleton only. Um <laughs> No, he's a bit juicier in the film. I think it's his corpse. All right, it's okay. our skeletons. It is our film. our skeleton, but we don't. We never put ourselves in the credits. No, no, no. So on IMDb, it's always just like in parentheses, uncredited. Cam- cam- yeah, cameo um, uncredited. Love all right, it. I think that might do us for this week. Children. I think it's coming soon to a, a, a cinema near you. Anywhere you want to watch it. Anywhere you need to watch yep. it. I'm pirating it right now. <laughs> all right. Well, um, until next week, I suppose. Normally, at the end of these things, we discuss what films we want to watch next week. So, well, I want to watch Adventure Children. I mean, yeah, exactly. I suppose. I mean, I'm watching it right now. It's. Somehow. I mean, I'm watching it being filmed. Yeah, I think you know. Uh, I went to the future and actually just got a copy of it on uh, Blu-ray. That is so smart. So it's still Blu-ray yeah. in the future. I thought yeah. that. Well, all right, I mean, okay. look, I mean, our film's coming out next week, so I mean, it's not that far <laughs> in the future. <laughs> they would have upgraded the technology. No, by not then. not by not by then. But when they do the remastered Criterion edition on. Um, Laser hologram cube, oh, Holovex, I think it's called. That's where right. It's yep. just broadcast straight to your brain. Straight into the brain. I mean, uh, so you don't you don't actually watch it. You just remembered that you watched it in the past. It actually feels like you're in it. So it's right. like, oh, have you ever seen Adventure Children? It's like I was in Adventure Children. That's oh right. no, wait, I just, actually they just yeah. Holovex it in my brain. Yep. So, um, I might go check what Adventure Kids and Adventure Kids Two was like as well. Yeah, no, Adventure Kids Three D, yeah. Adventures of Lava Girl and Shark Boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so I suppose we. Uh, we won't mention what we've got on the on the cards for next week. Oh, let's, I don't know. There's, so I mean, we've mentioned Valerian a lot. City of a Thousand City Planet Stars. Um, it's got to be close to coming out on on Blu-ray. So past that, um, War of the Dawn of the Statue of, of the Planet of the. I have actually monkey. seen that one already. You have? Yeah. Um, so we probably won't do a retrospective last week. Obviously, this week I'm thinking maybe like once a month. The first first yeah. week of the month will will. Pick a film from the past that uh, both of us haven't seen. Mm. That's so sort of so part of the culture of film that it's yep. like, how the hell have they missed this? So mm. next week we'll probably be going back to films that have been released at least in the last one or two years. Yeah. Um, hopefully a little, little bit sooner. Yep. Um, I'm still keen to see Spider Man. I know you've already seen. I it. have seen it. Yes. And you you wanted to see Wonder Woman, and <clears> I've already seen that. Was there another film released in that sort of like uh, uh, Transformers? Holly- Transformers: The Last Night. Yeah. Which I haven't seen. Um, I don't really want to. But I I also really don't want to watch it. But, but considering like. That like executive producers from that film series are everywhere. Like they're spreading and mutating and, and across look, and the really Hollywood as film as movie film studios, it seems financially irresponsible of us to not just like make a big budget yeah. film, which is like these these films make billions of dollars worldwide. Yeah, people, and if we people, can just get a fraction of that action, just a little bit, just, just a, a little. Bit. I mean, like we're not greedy, exactly. Just a little bit, just a slice. All right. So next week's will be uh, Transformers Five: yep. The Last <laughs> Night with Marky Mark Wahlberg. Um, let's see how much of an enjoyable film watching that ex- experience that is um, alright so you've been listening to Movie Film Studios I'm Isaac and I'm AJ roll credits Mark Wind-